Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! That's all we're gonna do. I never know how you're gonna come in. That's how she said. That's how she said? That's how she said. <laughs> yeah! I hope that's not how she said. I'm just gonna say, yeah, you better keep talking, because I got a lot of yes to throw at you. <laughs> so excited. Alright, guys. Welcome to the Devolution Podcast, episode 35. Yeah! We're talking about the Firefly Trilogy. Y'all know what this is, right? You should. You should. You voted for me to do this episode. <laughs> it was close. It, was it really, really close. was. Rissa's back. I'm back. I can talk. My she throat's talk. not swollen. Yeah, you really weren't sounding good. No. It's good that you sat that one out. Yeah. You know what you sounded like? A living dead girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. weird. Luckily, uh, Mike was here to take your place. Yes. You know, I mean, he tried. <laughs> I actually haven't listened to it yet. It's, admittedly. It's all right. No, nah, it's a good one. Yeah, Thanks, I'm Mike, sure for hanging great. out and talking about Carrie with me for like two hours. So, this one we're going to try to keep shorter. The last two weeks we've done super-sized episodes. So, uh, this one we'll try to keep regular-sized. You know, so, super-sized episodes yeah. for... Super-sized kind of guy. Yeah, for a super-sized topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, for those of you who may not know, the Firefly trilogy is a uh, trilogy of movies written and directed by Rob Zombie himself. Yeah! <laughs> and uh, they're actually really good. They are really good. <clears throat> classic. And Oh, yeah, classic. And, uh, what the fuck, what, what are we gonna do? For this episode, I put up a vote on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, the choice was between this, the Firefly Trilogy, or, uh, the Blair Witch Trilogy, and there was a good response to the poll, and this was the winner. I'm not surprised that so, this one was the winner. It was close, though. I had a feeling this would be the winner. I feel but. like it's, I mean, the first Blair Witch <clears throat> is super popular. Yes. But I feel like... This is like a collective as well. Yeah, all three, especially the first two of this. Yeah, are that, like the first people, two. People love this shit. They love this shit. Uh, so we're going to deep dive into the classic yet twisted world of murder and mayhem created by Mr. Rob Zombie. The films we're discussing, of course, being House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell. All right. And just a heads up here, we are going to spoil everything. Yeah, so turn um, it off if you haven't seen it. Yeah. If, you care. <laughs> if you care, yeah. Now, stuff might be out of place. Like, we might be talking about one movie and shoot back to another one and spoil something for you. So, if you haven't seen all three of them and you care to not have anything ruined for you, I suggest uh, coming back to this episode at a later date after you've uh, watched all three. But make it soon. Like, oh, fucking watch them now and come back to the episode. God damn, I want yeah. them numbers, son. I want them fucking numbers <laughs> on my episode. Hurry up, hurry up. Let's you should have watched them already. Too. You should have watched them all. You voted for me to do the goddamn episode. Okay, so yeah, that's just a heads up. Basically, whenever we do these movie kind of episodes, it's just a free-for-all. Basically, we're assuming anyone listening has either watched the movies or doesn't care to have any spoilers. So yeah. I, I meant to mention that at the beginning of the Carrie episode, and I didn't. So if you got into that and we spoiled the same movie four times for you, then I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But these, especially uh, when we get to uh, uh, Three from Hell is... Within the new range, you know, what is the expiration date for spoiler? Spoiler alerts. Hmm. Like t two years? No. Well, no. That's too long. I would say five. Five years. I think 
And if it's been 10 or more years, like, I don't care. You've had yeah, enough that, time. You've had fucking it. time. But Five I years think, is generous. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying to be generous because I know life gets busy. Sometimes you don't get to everything you want to see. <laughs> yeah, so Three from Hell uh, is only, it's in the two-year range. So if you haven't seen it, and also I will say when we get to that point, we won't quite pick apart uh, as much of the movie as we will the other two due to the fact that maybe some of you haven't watched it and you don't really care about that many spoilers, so you're going to listen to the episode anyway, but we don't want to completely fucking... Pull That's the carpet out from fair. under your fucking feet over here. Look at you being all considerate. Uh, it's hard. It's harder to be considerate than not. So, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? That's probably yeah. true for most people. So on this episode, I know some of you regular listeners, uh, you're regular, you got your bowel movements come and go as they should. You're regular. <laughs> I think that's what that means. Uh you know that we usually have a little time machine, our old trusty, rusty friend, but on this episode, I thought we had to keep him in the garage, and we had to pull out something special for this episode, so why don't you hop in the back of my drag, you That's so far the most, like, on point. <laughs> Drag you, yeah! Alright, guys. So, the old Dragula is going to... He doesn't have too far to go. He's going to take us back to 2003 when the now cult classic House of 1000 Corpses was finally released. I say finally released because the movie had been finished for about three years before it came out. Back in old 2000, Rob was working on a haunted house for Universal Studio. Uh, they're like Halloween exhibits. They do a bunch of big elaborate haunted houses, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they and do. They had, uh, they had Bob working on one for him. Old Bob's on me. During this time, I, I was reading, he said he ended up basically in like an executive for Universal's fucking like office and the dude was just like you got any movies any movie ideas it was just like by pure chance just kind of like yeah i mean they knew because he he's been a horror guy he always yeah before he made the movie he directed a bunch of music videos and he did the cool animated well, trippy has, scene yeah, and, uh, he has and that some aesthetic of man so they just kind of threw it out there you know what he said yeah <laughs> <laughs> i got movie ideas <laughs> So, I was getting a little Metallica. I got it's hard yeah, to Yeah, that was You can't you get too Metallica with the zombie. It's a different it's a different yeah. It is a different yeah. Yeah. With with a Hetfield you got the yeah. You have like and, douchey yeah versus horror yeah. They're both douchey. Yeah. But one is more. One is more. You guys fight over be, which one. one. One's supposed yeah. to be more like Yeah, one's a little dark. More, yeah, one <laughs> one's a little more like yeah. <laughs> So he, uh, right then and there, he pitched this rough idea for a movie he kind of had jumbling around in his head. Of course, he like, if somebody right now was to put me on the spot and be like, got an idea for a movie, I'd be like, I got 12. Yeah, it sounds got? like the best day of your life. Oh, first, I got this one called Trout. Then I got Trout 2, Bass. Then I got Trout 3D, Salmon Upstream. And then we have Trout 4, Bear Attack. Oh, yeah, man, we got Trout 6, 7, 8. All the way to 12. It'll all be trout. It'll all be trout. So, yeah, he pitches that right then and there. He uh, went home and wrote up a treatment. And uh, within about two months, they had begun filming his first wow. feature film. <clears throat> it feels very fast. Yeah. 
That's in the little interview I read with him. He said it was like all of a sudden he was making a fucking movie. No wonder why it's like so chaotic. Because it's just like, oh, I'm in this. Oh, okay. this movie went through so much. It, it <laughs> yeah, really I, I kind of um, feel bad for this movie. Yes. During filming, he would often film two versions of scenes. Uh, a gory, like the version he wanted, and then a less gory version. Because, and honestly, we talked about this in our History of Horror series. This was uh, right in the early 2000s. Big studios weren't putting money into horror, really. Yeah, well, And if they were, it was more like thriller kind of stuff not like michael jackson but like uh <laughs> <laughs> like mind fuck kind of thriller movies yeah you know? and this dude was just out here trying to make a full-blown like drive-in theater like homage fucking flick yeah so i don't know the executives were kind of up his ass about it the whole time wasn't there a lot of stuff that had to get yeah, out. it's been, uh, we'll, we'll get to that, the, uh, a lot of stuff was cut out, yes, uh, so he had to film different versions, which obviously takes up time and money, the house they were filming, the house that's in the movie, is on the back lot of Universal Studios, and it was used in, a, what, like, the best little whorehouse in Texas, that's some old movie, I don't yeah, know, I don't really know what I've that, heard movie, of that movie, I've heard of it, yeah, but it's the same house, and during filming, like, the fucking Universal tour like would just roll through That's and so annoying. they'd have to stop filming and like because of all the noise the little trolley thing fucking yeah. Makes. yeah yeah that messes up everything mm -hmm. and then he gets through all that he finishes his movie for the most part and has you know like the rough version of it put together and the executives just shelved it and they said now we're not putting this out <laughs> they even changed the name of the universal uh exhibit because it was called House of a Thousand Corpses, and because they shelved the movie, they changed the name of the whole thing to, like, American Nightmare. Huh. Which is a pretty dope band. Go listen to American Nightmare. <laughs> they should make a haunted house. Uh, so, then it was shelved. And they it was mostly because they feared it would receive an NC-17 rating, and they didn't want that. But I don't know. I mean, it could have... It did end up getting cut into an R rating, so... I wonder I if there was <clears throat> a little bit of... Um... Like, like judgmental bias too. Like, you know, you're looking at this like the metalhead guy. Yeah, and I, like you might, there might have been a little bit of that like pinkies out judgment. You know, that it could like, have been. I I think that was the case, and horror was just not mainstream at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, again, and, it go, like you it, mentioned, it go went through ups and downs. It was received at this point. So it was well. at a low, and well, yeah, so. Zombie ended up purchasing the rights to his movie and went on the hunt for a distributor. Uh, the picture was purchased by MGM, and they soon dropped it, leaving the movie once again without distribution. Around the time, he was just going to say fuck it, and he was going to put it out himself. Uh, Lionsgate, a movie studio that at the time was looking to branch out to different styles and genres, and they were trying to pick up some different shit, just try out some new stuff, see what sold, you know? So they reached out to him, and they ended up picking up the rights, and uh, like I said, it was finally released in April of 2003. I can't believe it was that long ago. Yeah. It's, like, weird to think about. Yeah. We were, such, we were little babies. We really were. <laughs> I watched this for the first time at a sleepover at my friend's house. Yeah. At Tyler's, I... I was on Tyler's, like, floor in his bedroom the first time I saw this. I watched this for the first time in Karen's dorm room at UNH. I nice. was like, it was just her and I eating snacks. Oh man, pizza. so many it snacks. Was great. So many <laughs> it's, snacks. It's like it's such a fond you know, I watch this movie and I get like the warm like smiles with my best friends. <laughs> yeah. 
So, written and directed by Rob Zombie, the cast includes Sherry Moon Zombie, which is Rob Zombie's wife, as Baby. Sid Haig plays Captain Spaulding. Bill Mosley as Otis. Karen Black as Mother Firefly. Rain Wilson, you know, Dwight Schrute. Yeah. We love Dwight around here. We are he, big, big fans. Big fans of Rain Wilson. He played Bill. Chris Hardwick played Jerry. Aaron Daniels was Denise, Jennifer Jostin, Mary, Matthew McGorry played Tiny, Robert Mukes, RJ, and Dennis Fimple in his last role playing the grandpa. And I just want to throw this out there, and I meant to do a little more, uh, look into this a little more before we recorded, but so many people in the cast from these movies die. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, so many. That's weird. <laughs> it is weird. What a- it's going to fit into that cursed <coughs> film genre. Maybe. No one ever talks. I mean, they usually just die of being old. Well, and, and yeah. And uh, so Matthew McGorry not... died after Devil's Rejects, but he has that whatever disease he had. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's. So it's not like usually those are just like they got struck by lightning. One gets <laughs> hit by a train. Like oh, yeah. one drowns. It's like oh, those are the. That's the these good These are stuff. just like. They're just old people I just dying. Use all, oh, I just use old people in my films. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what he does do. He likes to use a lot of old horror actors from, like, the 70s and 80s. Which and I really think in. is, it's kind of a, a nice way to, like, they get to, like, go out with a bang, like, doing what they love, or, you know, and, like, yeah. being appreciated. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Of course. This story begins on Halloween Eve 1977 with a group of teens, Bill, Jerry, Denise, and Mary, as they are uh, on a road trip working on a book about strange roadside attractions, the kind of weird shit you see when you drive across country. <laughs> um, when they stop for gas at a bizarre spot called Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Mad Men, Fried Chicken and Gasoline, they find what they think to be the perfect place to write about for their book. It's a cool place. Yeah. Imagine ever seeing a real place like this. That would be, That'd be wild. Awesome. I mean, I would be way into it. Yeah. There's actually, where I used to live in Quincy, there was a piercing shop that had, like, tons of that like oddity stuff in it yeah it's really cool <laughs> so it's basically a shop with um all that weird kind of circus old school circus sh- side show kind of shit yeah. all over the place and then there's a murder ride and the boys are all excited for it and the girls are like man why go on murder ride and the guys are like fuck you bitch go on murder ride this girl's whoa, whoa. a bad name yeah though i guess the setting would girls <clears throat> would probably be like i don't want to be in yeah there. i won't be in there so they end up taking the murder ride, and they go through it, and it's just kind of like this real cheesy, um, you know, like the old haunted houses, like at fucking the carnival. Yeah. And you like, go through, and it, it just shows, uh, like, real-life murderers, and they're kind pushed. of, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> you got the little Ed Gain in there, and Albert Fish, and Lizzie Borden, and towards the end, there's a little scene of, uh, they talk about a man called Dr. Satan, and apparently it's local lore that he was a... Uh, murderer and a, a doctor who would experiment on the minds on the brains of the patients which we've kind of talked about on the podcast before <laughs> there it's was real, a real shit it was like a real dr satan Ooh, so... it's not as like <laughs> grandiose as this yes but... so the legend has it that this uh dr satan was hung by vigilantes out uh out by some tree hung by a tree out in some field and so this uh piques the interest of the teenagers who are writing a book about this kind of shit you know this kind of stuff you can go see 
So they kind of more or less, uh, they beg Captain Spaulding for directions out to the tree. And he's like, you know what? You want the directions? Here you go. Here's your free chicken. Don't <laughs> let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. <laughs> I can see you. Good luck. Yep. Along the way, they pick up a hitchhiker because it's pouring rain out. Uh, and this being baby firefly, this bitch is batshit crazy. Yeah. And they find this out in very adorable. three minutes of picking her up. Three <laughs> seconds, basically. She, oh, she's adorable. All right. <laughs> Their tire ends up getting shot out, but they don't realize it's shot out. They think they just have received uh, some deflation of the tire. The old and, classic. Old <laughs> classic. So basically, they uh, they all end up at Baby's house, where uh, there's a very awkward dinner. Oh, it's so awkward. It's a very strange dinner. The whole thing is awkward. It's very awkward, and it's worth <laughs> noting, I don't think we really mentioned, that this movie is very like psychedelic, kind of. Yeah. Uh, as Like a bad trip. You're having a bad trip. I've described this movie before as if, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre could take LSD. It's weird because it's like like your brain doesn't want to follow it, but you follow it. Like, your brain can't quite comprehend. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like, I don't know, you feel like you can't follow the storyline, but you are. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, After the awkward dinner and an even stranger show that the family puts on for their guests, there's this whole, like, variety show that the family (laughs) puts on for the the group here. All uncomfortable. It's pretty odd. Uh, Mary gets very upset because Baby is flirting with Bill, uh, more or less fucking raping him almost. (laughs) Jeez Louise, she's all dressed like Betty Boop or whatever she's doing there. Yeah, and she's, like, doing the little Ba-boop-ba-doop-ba-doop in the back of my regular. So she's all up on Bill's lap, and Mary pushes her down, and Baby's all like, I'll cut your fucking tits off and show him down and down. <laughs> yeah, because you can't, and you don't want, the last thing you want to do is make Baby You angry. don't want to make Baby angry. <laughs> so the the group gets asked to leave, and uh, at this point, Rufus busts in, he's like, your tie is fixed, and so they all try to leave, but then they all just get attacked by the family. <laughs> Which is a really cool scene. I really like the scene where they're fucking up the car and they... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's wild. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, the next morning, uh, the three three of the teens are tied up and being tortured in various rooms in various ways by various family members. Yeah, they all have their own little touch to, like, yeah. what they prefer, their own little playground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's also, uh, I want to mention that you know, in what was maybe a few weeks before this group shows up, that this family had kidnapped a bunch of cheerleaders. Oh, yeah, that's So there's right. a bunch of cheerleaders. Some are dead. Some are almost yeah. dead. Some are alive. Just kind of hanging around. Bag. Yeah, it's a bunch <laughs> of cheerleaders hanging around. And, uh, yeah, it's revealed that overnight, the baby and Otis got wasted, tortured, and killed Bill. They killed Bill. Uh, <laughs> while rocking out to Brank house <laughs> they do man they crank up brick house and my, just torture this guy I mean, like this drink is, and laugh they think that yeah. it's so fun <laughs> this oh, is probably like my favorite aspect of it is how like light-hearted they are and they're like it's like regular families like playing yeah. board games and having a yeah. great time it's but like how we are playing like monopoly jr but they're torturing they're Bill. Tor- yeah but yeah. it's like super like silly and fun and they're yeah. listening to music and dancing like having a great time they like to well, get fucked up and do fucked up <laughs> shit doing this like ho- like horrible thing to people but just yeah. like and they don't care how you feel like, oh they don't give a shit just in their own existence these people don't care <laughs> And uh, we also learned that Otis had transformed Bill into Fishboy. Yes. Which is a cute little way to see Rain Wilson as Fishboy. Quite Fish an Boy. artistic feat. 
Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like, I couldn't even imagine having to work with a person like that. No. During this time, <laughs> Denise's dad is worried and contacts local authorities. He teams up with them, and they go looking for the youngsters, and uh, it doesn't go well for them. No. And uh, among one of the officers that gets killed at the farm is Sh Sheriff Wydell. Or no, he's a deputy, Deputy Wydell. <laughs> and uh, we'll come back around to that later. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that plays in. That's important. So, uh, yeah, they go look in the search leads, the search leads to the Firefly farm and it just, you know, it doesn't go well for the, for the police yeah, it's, there. it's a mess. And, uh, so now it's Halloween cause the story ha started, wow, the words, the words are escaping. They will get there. Oh boy. So it's Halloween. The fucking, this is this group's time to shine. They're ready to roll. They go out to the liquor store. They go to Red Hot Pussy Liquors, and they meet Geober, <laughs> and they get a bunch of liquor, and they get all fucked up and do fucked up shit. And they come back to the house, and they celebrate Halloween in style. At one, one point, Otis is wearing Denise's father's skin <laughs> all up in her face going, Who's your daddy? It's so, so disturbing. <laughs> it's very disturbing. Um, <clears throat> now, it was originally supposed to be revealed at this point that Grandpa is, in fact, Dr. Satan. No. It's even, this was filmed, even. Really? Yes. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was cut from the movie, so that's not the way it is in the movie. But it's never really known, because the ending gets weird. The ending the gets tricky. so weird. <laughs> now, the group is brought out to a field. Mary runs away. Baby chases her down. And stabs the shit oh, out yeah. of her. And it's a really cool scene. <laughs> yeah, run! Yeah. Run, rabbit! She chases her down and stabs her up. It's really cool. Yeah, Cool it is. scene. It's... Then, Mary, uh, I mean, sorry, Denise and Jerry are lowered into these tunnels. Which, there's just madness down there. It's full of crazies. Yeah. People who this group no has apparently left down there before. going on? I don't really know. They come across a room where apparently it this is where Doctor Satan is, like but he's like a monster. He's like this. Yeah, he's big, all like attached attached to, to machinery, and he's operating on people. And then she gets chased around by this man, the professor, who uh, chases her around the tunnels. And there's a collapse, and he dies, and she crawls out. It's all very like it's a lot. It's like a, a sensory overload. Yes. And I think a lot of it comes from that his background was music videos, and this it almost feels like feel. watching like a well, fucking yeah, hour and a half like long music video. Switches yeah. it, that specifically though, like switches over into that like yeah. straight up like trippy, artsy, yeah, confusing like. <laughs> <laughs> so what I think, and what I read, and even Rob Zombie has said he thinks is probably the ending here, is that Denise is like in a tripped out you know fear driven dream kind of state at this point her brain broke yeah she's broken from all the weird shit she's seen yeah. and like real is just fucked her head up and she had heard about dr satan and all that legend and stuff so yeah. she's just seeing all this crazy shit because none of this is explained in the sequels no this whole tunnel of exist. chaos yeah so there's that, like I said, a lot of footage was filmed for this that was not included, uh, including like the road trip with the kids is longer in the beginning, a whole bunch of stuff. And he has said, Rob Zombie has said that he will put out an extended version of this. I've been waiting for this. Me too. Here's <laughs> what I think. We're only 
about two years away from a 20th anniversary. Do you think that will be, it'll be like I a think we'll see a, special release a 20th anniversary, like sweet Blu-ray edition with, with an extended version of the movie. I would love to see all of Because the, like... even the final version of the movie is only 88 minutes, which is short. That's a couple minutes shy of an hour and a half, which yeah. is, you know, pretty standard movie length, but it's a little short. So he could easily make that like a two hour version yeah, depending or, or on what longer. He has. I think he has a lot. And so it depends what he would still want to keep, but you know. So I'm really I'm I'm got my fingers crossed that we do see an extended version of that and my little theory is that maybe in the twentieth anniversary coming up in twenty twenty three there we might see might finally see the extended version. And uh now it's time for our first song break. Uh we're gonna have Among War with their new track El Cuento. You can find them on all streaming services and their YouTube channel. And uh, we'll be back to discuss Devil's Rejects. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Among War. Thanks, Thanks for the tune. That was a good fucking tune. I like that one. Ripping. Ripping through that. Now, right on into it. After Lionsgate reportedly made their investment back in the first day of the release of House of a Thousand Corpses. Really? Oh, yeah. I feel like Rob Zombie's a popular dude, though. A lot of people would be excited for that. Yeah, well, I remember reading. I don't really remember where. It must have been, like, metal magazines or something I was reading back in the day. Like, the whole process of him making a movie and me being like, I've never been the biggest fan of Rob Zombie's music, but... I was excited for the movie. Then I read about how Universal shelved it and he had the rights and I was like, what the fuck? And then yeah. all of it, like, then it came, finally came out. So I was and looking forward to it. I remember I watched it, like I said, I watched it with Tyler, but it was right when it came out within yeah. the first month, I'd say, you know, we found the DVD and watched it. Yeah. And it was the first DVD I ever bought. Really? Was House of a Thousand Corpses. And huh. one of the only movies I've ever watched with director's commentary on through the whole look at that it was just making paths when you're like oh yeah it was i don't even know the first dvd i ever got it's weird that you know that yeah i don't know i got a i got (laughs) you remember uh, the strangest thing i got a dvd player for christmas and i remember went to the mall and bought a few dvds but like specifically i was like oh fuck yeah i want to get house of a thousand corpses yeah yeah (laughs) so they uh you know lionsgate made their money back in a fucking day so they went to Bob over Bob Zombie there, and they were like, yo, you be into doing a sequel? And guess what he said? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so production began on a follow-up, and uh, it was released in 2005. I actually saw this opening night and the night after opening night in the theater. I saw it two nights in a row. Look at you. That's just a product of being bored as fuck in New Hampshire. And I was like, yo, I mean, I could sit here and watch Chappelle show again or... Go pay eight bucks and see that dope movie again. So I did that. I'm pretty sure I also watched this one with Karen. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, the cast saw the return of Sherry Moon Zombie, Bill Mosley, Sid Haig, and Matthew McGorry to their roles and saw the additions of Leslie Esterbrook mother, as uh, replacing Karen Black as Mother Firefly, Danny Trejo as Rondo, William Forsythe as Sheriff Wydell, the brother of <laughs> Deputy Wydell. And it loops around. Oh, yes. Ken Forey as Charlie Lou Temple, Jeffrey Lewis, Kate Norby, Priscilla Barnes as the country group Banjo and Sullivan, and Brian Posehn as their roadie Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy gets his. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> I remember also when this came out, you know, all of us were, we were fans of House of a Thousand Corpses. And we're like, what is a second version of yeah, this going to be like what the fuck what yeah of course it can be done but what will it be and i was very shocked and surprised and excited and happy all those things all those emotions uh within the first few minutes of devil's reject seeing that it was set in a more like realistic setting yeah well, which it's was like a more of a real movie yeah like a standard movie yeah and as sherry moon said uh she doesn't necessarily see it as a sequel, but more so some characters from House of a Thousand Corpses ended up in the world of the Devil's Rejects. <laughs> That's and a nice way like, of explaining it. Because they are very different. If you've seen the two, you know the tone of the two movies is absolutely different. Yeah. It's like your watch. It doesn't seem like they fit in the same series, but it's of like course they do. They're cousins. You know? Yeah. They're not siblings. Yeah, that's a good way to say they're it. They're cousins. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh,. <clears throat> 
let's see here. The story picks up seven months after the Halloween night portrayed in the first flick. And it, uh, it was tiny dragging a naked corpse through the woods. <laughs> Just a really long shot of a naked corpse. Starts out real strong. Yep. Hey, man. Not a bad-looking naked corpse, I'm going to say. I mean, if you're you going to be a naked corpse, if, you might as well be a good-looking yeah, one. Yeah, man. But then suddenly, uh, Sheriff Wydell, brother to one of the cops killed in the house in the first one, leads a search-and-destroy mission against the Firefly, Firefly family. They awake from slumber to find dozens of police with guns drawn outside of the house. Fueled by rage oh, and revenge. And, and religion, apparently. Some weird take on religion this guy has in his head yeah uh, i think that's just to make himself feel better yeah and uh, of course uh uh otis wakes up with a dead body in his bed <laughs> he's just in his underwear with a dead chick in his bed like these people these guys <laughs> um now the family responds by arming up and shooting back at the police um, yeah i mean what how else are you gonna do it yeah our... surrender no fuck that fuck that RJ is killed in the melee. Mama is taken into custody. Otis and baby escape. They kill some lady, steal her car, and go to a hotel to lay low and await Captain Spaulding, who is en route to meet up with them after ditching his very large girlfriend. <laughs> and there's a really cool scene in this when you get like introduced to Captain Spaulding for this movie. And he's having, well, you don't know it's a dream. He's hooking up with this chick, and it's like an all right looking like <laughs> lady. And they're fucking really hard, and it's funny. And then it turns out it's a dream, and he's next to this very large woman. and he... <laughs> Who's a little annoying and she, definitely drives him insane. She's very annoying. And so, you know, they get in the back of their Dragulaire! <laughs> I don't know if they did that. <laughs> but at the hotel, the brother and sister end up in the room of a touring country band, uh, Banjo and Sullivan. It's all like, like, these people's lives go from, like, Regular to chaos in, like, half a second. It's real quick. It just goes, it's just real, like, it's the yeah. worst day of their lives. Yeah. All of a sudden. There's, like, scenes before this of the band at the hotel, and they're just, They're you know, laughing. Yeah, they're like laughing. There's still a band taking the, you know, being, it looks like they probably have a day off from tour. Yeah, they're just taking a break. people. Yeah. Yep, just hanging out at the hotel for the day, and then all of a sudden there's two complete psychopathic murderers in their fucking room. And, I mean, that one dude shouldn't have been lured in by a lady. Well, yes, true. Uh, the roadie, Jimmy, is killed instantly. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> didn't then even stand a chance. It turns out he's like the lucky one, mm -hmm. more or less. Um, so at this point, there's a lot of dark shit that happens in this hotel room. Yeah, it's some, very uh, dark. There's some sexual assault. There's some uh, D masculation yeah it's <laughs> rough goes on it's a rough it's a rough scene uh even i remember watching in the making of it uh bill mosley was having a hard time filming because it otis is like really bad man in this movie well, yeah he's like a straight up sexual predator he's a sexual <laughs> predator who just gets glee from he's getting more glee out of watching the men break yeah by watching by watching what he's doing to their women, then, like, he doesn't... I don't think he cares about the women. I don't, like, yeah, it's getting, like a power thing. Yeah, it's more... He's getting hard watching the men, like, be like, oh, getting cucked by... Yeah, <laughs> by him. being yeah. able to, like, stand up for their wives yeah. and girlfriends. Yeah. And... So, yeah, Bill Mosley had a hard time filming it, and, uh, you know, Rob Zombie just told him, he said, hey, man, art's not safe. 
No, it's not. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes artists, as an actor, as a filmmaker, you know, as any kind of art, you got to push yourself and push uh, your audience too to yeah. kind of go through some of these I, things. I could know? imagine that's specifically that like one scene is probably is hard, and you probably feel bad, like. Yeah, because you gotta. I mean, he's into it, he, and the acting's really good on both ends. The chick does really oh, yeah. well in her no, role, and uh, you know, Bill Mosley is really good it's in this movie. Done in a way that makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Then after all that, he takes the two men out to the desert to help him uh, dig up some weapons that he had buried out there in the case that they may have to hit the road one day on the run, because they knew what they were doing was gonna catch up yeah, to them. Yeah, and know, they were not. They were doing bad things. They weren't like like we were saying last night, yeah. covering their tracks or anything. Like no, they not were, at all. They were there was not a lot of effort into hiding anything. No, like, they, they were really... just living out loud, pretty big. Yeah, there was just no fucks given with this family. So, uh, you know, he brings them out there to help him dig up the weapons, and that just goes south. Those men yeah. get dead. I mean, and... they were going to anyway. Well, yeah. So, but they definitely didn't help themselves. They did not help themselves. Then. Back at the hotel room, Baby is watching the ladies, who she's making, like, slap each other around mm. and stuff for her enjoyment. And, well, uh... Well, like, giggling and being well, she's a watching giggly. TV yeah, she, and, like, yeah, acting like a, like a little kid. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a giggly little lady. So, they, uh, are not... Nobody's having a good time here, except for Otis and Baby. And... <laughs> Meanwhile, Captain Spaulding's on his way to the hotel. He runs into PJ Souls, who's a Riff Randall, and uh, uh, who is she? She's in a Carrie. We were just talking about last week there. Could, oh, yeah, another right. cameo from an old classic horror actress. I think and you said Otis by accident. Otis uh, is on the way. Captain Spaulding is on the way and runs into her and knocks her out, scares her child, and takes her car. Makes that kid have a fear of clowns <laughs> for life. Yes, it's a very funny scene. <laughs> Then, basically, they all meet up at the hotel uh, because ship ship breaks loose with the uh, the ladies in the hotel room. They're running out. One of them runs away after baby kills one of the others. She runs out. Spaulding shows up, knocks her out. They fucking Otis comes back with one of the dude's faces. He's wearing the face. He likes to cut so people's much, faces off. So much chaos. Yeah. Then they bounce. They get the fuck out of there. Then the housekeeper finds the one surviving member of Banjo and Sullivan, this chick in a complete frenzy of just panic and whatever. She's wearing her husband's face yeah, on her. Which they put is yeah. Pretty damaging. Uh, yeah, they put it on her and tied her up so she couldn't take it off. She goes running out into the street and is just smashed by a giant truck. And that's a pretty cool scene with a giant trail of blood in the <laughs> yeah, street so... and like Yeah, little pieces of lady saw... everywhere. I saw the aftermath of something like that happening to a turkey once. Oh, jeez. And it was <clears throat> the, it, accurate. <laughs> accurate. <laughs> the group heads to hide out at Charlie's uh, whore ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie is an old uh, friend of Spaulding's. They go over there, but old Sheriff Wydell is uh, losing his fucking shit and oh won't my... stop until these assholes are dead. He's like... Like tweaking out. Yeah, he's having this sheriff guy is losing some problems. And uh, to prove that he's totally snapped, he kills the mother. He then hires two men, bounty hunter badass dudes, to find the devil's rejects. A chicken fucker. (laughs) (laughs) 
The group is tracked down to Charlie's, and after a very violent kidnapping, Charlie's hookers are getting killed. People oh, are getting yeah. roughed up. They're beating people up. It doesn't go well. Wydell... And they just, like, had a great... Oh, they night. had a really fun night. They had Which a lot of really... cocaine and reefer and <laughs> sex. Really sad and... that that's quite a downer after, like, a good, fun night. Yeah, the <laughs> crew shows up to Charlie's, and they're having a blast, man. And then... Listening to some good tunes. Oh, yeah. Spent the last year. Rocky Mountain Way. <laughs> Couldn't get much higher. That's one thing. That, like, genre of music isn't, like, what I gravitate to, but for some reason this movie makes me, like, really enjoy all of those songs. Like, I'm like, yeah. I, I almost was like, I need to just find the soundtrack on Spotify like, yeah. listen to it. It's so strange. I'm glad that it, he used different music and it wasn't just a bunch of Rob Zombie music in his movies. And yeah. Like all of a sudden he'd be like, I'm in the back of my All of that music was that's what worked. That is what worked. Um. So yeah, they're tracked down. They're brought back to the farm. Wydell brings them back to the farm. And this shit just gets wild. He is on full-blown revenge, wrath of God shit. I still fully believe that he should have been naked. He and... should have. We were thinking, because, yeah, he's standing there, like, taunting them. They're all kind of passed out and stuff. Cause it's he... like stapling pictures. Yeah, stapling pictures of their victims to them and stuff. But he should have been standing there naked with just a raging heart on Because that would have made it, like... Yeah. Just the next level, weird and unco- like uncomfortable. And yeah. Could you imagine someone's like <laughs> torturing you just naked? <laughs> but hard as a rock. Yeah. That's key. Like, loving it. <laughs> just too hard, like alarmingly hard. You're like, yeah. dude, if you bump the table, it's gonna shatter. <laughs> so yeah, missed he's... opportunity. Yeah, totally, Mister Zombie. And the director, twentieth anniversary uh, cut of Devil's Rejects. Can we get some reshots with the the very hard uh, wide L dick smashing on a table? Please. For the love of the wrath of God. He like pushes in the stapler. Yes. Oh no. He's hitting the nails. So like I said, he's stapling pictures of their victims to their chests. He then decides to nail their fucking hands to the chair. Uh, he lets Baby go and starts chasing her around the farm. Just And he's shit-faced, to, to mention. He's pounded at least three bottles yeah, of whiskey this he's night. he's had a lot. And each one he smashes on somebody's fucking head. <laughs> and I just want to do that once. Guys, can I? Can somebody volunteer to let me I mean, just, just chug a bottle of whiskey and smash it I on their head? I feel like those scenarios, it can't be a volunteer. It's just got to be, it's got to be organic. All right. It's got to happen. And I mean, I can't promise that I I won't be naked with a, <laughs> just a raging heart. <laughs> raging. It'll be yelling. Ah! And it'll stop and go, yeah. <laughs> if penises could talk. <laughs> they would all sound like Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah. Dig to the pussy and burn to the wicked and dirt. I'm a big fucking dick in the back of all. Put it in the air. Yeah. 
Yeah, in the back of a throat, and it came in her hair, and sausage spaghetti hair. Hey, move on. <laughs> what sausage spaghetti? It was a throwback joke. I got it. I it was got for it. our regular listeners. <laughs> the ones who can poop right. So Wydell is chasing Baby around the farm doing things like shooting her in the leg and whipping her. And remember Tiny? Last seen dragging the dead corpse through the woods. <laughs> he pops up and he snaps this guy's neck and it's a really cool scene. He just whoop. It's really his moment. Yes, it is Tiny's moment. He uh, oh, oh, and the house is on fire. The house is on fire. Yes, we forgot to mention that. <laughs> and also Charlie showed up for a little bit of redemption because he did sell them out to Wydell. So he shows up to try to help, but he really doesn't do much but show up and get axed. I don't know what he really does. But he... Uh, he tries. Tiny helps. He helps uh, free Otis and Spalding and Baby load up in the car. They load up in Charlie's car and they hit the road. And Tiny decides to just wander into the house right before it explodes for some reason. Maybe he just... He had enough. He just didn't want to do it anymore. He just, there was too much, man. He had enough. He just he wanted to go tired. home. He just wanted to go home. Mama's dead. Everyone's dead. <laughs> just gotta go. Yeah. Just gotta be done. There's no more naked bitches laying around the house. The cops took them all out of the house. <laughs> so there's nothing there. And uh, so, yeah, the group, they go to head out of town and all of a sudden you start. You think that might be the end of the movie, but then you get fucking little. If I <laughs> leave here tomorrow. Will you still remember my Dragulet? <laughs> so they're cruising down the street. Freebird's fucking blaring. They're, they're going along, and then they come across the roadblock of all the police. And they're just, they're like, all right. Yeah. And then it's right at this. that part. Freebird kicks into the fucking for 20 minutes while these guys just get shot to shit. It's not a um, phenomenal scene. It's a really cool scene. You got Freebird in there. It's the best time Freebird's ever happened. And. I don't mind Freebird, actually. Freebird was just written for this. It was written. It was like they went into the future and they were like had a meeting with Rob Zombie. He's like, yo, man, we're going to need this scene. That's how Rob Zombie talks for this one, <laughs> this one meeting this in his one. life. He's like, all right, guys, these people are getting shot. They're, they think they're going to be free like birds but like from the law, but it turns out they're free from birds from like life and they're dead now. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. So they get shot uh, to death, maybe, and you hear the car crash and that's the end of the movie. I think we just went through Devil's Rejects pretty well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it wasn't the fine-tooth comb, but it was a comb. Yeah, you, br you brushed it. It was missing me. a couple teeth comb. Uh, so, that seemingly was the end of the series, to me. And it could have been. It To me, that was the end. Yeah. I watched that, and I was like, okay, yeah, that was perfect. It was a little one-two punch. It has thousand corpses. It was satisfying. Had this, had this different one here. and uh, I didn't need more. But obviously... Like we know, like we all know here, we're here to talk about a trilogy. And we'll talk about the third part of that trilogy when we come back from this next song break. We have Combleez with his latest track, Stars Align. Check him out on all streaming sites, etc. He will be dropping a new tune at the end of this month, so uh, look out for that. And uh, this song will be added to the Devolution Podcast Tunes playlist available on Spotify. Fucking enjoy the tune. When we come back, we'll talk about the third installment of this trilogy. Three from hell. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> 
more human than humid, more human than Let's make these tunes and fucking do it You gotta love that feeling when your lucky stars align become congruent When it comes to the game we taking off racing Jump the gun, bite the bullet, grab the music and face it Astral projections onto the ceiling Come and find me late at night whenever you get the feeling I had a dream I jumped off the chair and took flight Helps me feel like I can fly when I look up at the stars at night Believe me, I could tell a great story through a song Do it for the passion with a purpose Shouldn't take too long To blow up with this flow, you know I'm sending it Melt through cheddar and provolone the way I'm spending it My pockets woe, like lifting weights with creatine Sharp as a blade, I blow your mind just like a guillotine I'm putting them down over the beats in the lab We skip the club and hit the tub and lather up in the bath I'm about to blow up in this hoe, cuz most of these other rappers are really out here looking bogus Fuck that shit to myself, remain focused Nobody on this earth above or below us And when the sky is clear Know that I'll be here When the stars align Know it's time to shine And when the sky is clear Stars align, know it's time to shine. That stardust, that stardust, that stardust to blind ya. That stardust, that stardust, that stardust. That stardust, that stardust, that stardust. That stardust, that stardust, that stardust to blind ya. Everybody on this earth is here for a purpose I try to stay fly, don't let it get me down and make me nervous I'm trying to see all of the world, sit down and listen Put the gang on, stars on the body, they glisten Cause we all a team, chasing the dream Know what I mean, stacking the green and we get to the green Everything is everything, made of that space dust I'm getting my cake, what, these haters trying to play us I want it all, name on the wall, clear out the mall a thousand missed calls, Versace silk down to the drawers Paparazzi snaps, fans that keep clapping Ay, motherfuckers mad, complete shit is so fat My life is great, I'm loving every moment Key to my destiny, I call it mine cause I own it Putting it down cause we got it on lock Finna be ripping this shit, buzzing them light years won't stop Even when I'm gone, infinity and beyond You can still see that boy shining when the stars align for the dawn
for the track uh you could have said yeah but a little bit more but we'll let it slide <laughs> this time well, this time this time uh no really thanks for the track and uh that was one of the tracks submitted to me when i put the call out for some track submissions so if you're in a band send some stuff my way always looking for more music to play on here send it this way we'll play it now we will get into three from hell this one is a little strange and we'll get into our personal feelings on this one a bit later. Now, in 2019, on my birthday, actually. Really? Yeah. Look at that. The third installment of this trilogy was released. Once again, seeing Sherry Moon Zombie, Bill Mosley, and Sid Haig reprising their roles, with uh, really the most notable addition to the cast being Richard Breck as Winslow, the half-brother to Baby and Otis. Now, it was confusing to, I think, everyone. When this movie was announced. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I think we talked about... We're like, what are they going to... What are they doing? I, for a long time, was like, it must be a prequel. Yeah. Because they all died I at mean, the end yeah, of Devil's Rejects. Like, just accepted and assumed. Yeah. Living dead girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as this movie explains, all three miraculously recovered and stood trial. Even though they had wounds... That were not... They died. This was a cash grab movie. It was. That's how I feel about it. I really do. It was like, uh, I'm making it because I can. I think he, like we've said, he made a few other movies and they weren't well received. Which is a shame because it is a I shame. think people should give them a chance. Yes. And I think he really enjoys making movies. I think he loves making horror movies. So he was like, fuck it. I'll just give the people what they want. Yeah, and I'll he, make so what they made, want me to make. He made, one of, he made this. And it's a wicked good movie. Yeah, that's. It's a, it's, I have a complicated relationship with me this. Me too, yeah. That. Yes. Uh, so they miraculously recovered and stood trial. It shows some highlights from the trials, which is pretty funny stuff because they're all like... Themselves? Yeah. Uh, Otis is all like quoting fucking devil shit yeah <laughs> baby's being, a psycho and well she's being like she's yeah. like playing to the people yeah. she's playing to the attention yep and they've become like celebrities and uh people really it's kind of like mickey and mallory in uh <laughs> yeah. natural killers it's kind of like that trial with the just the hoopla surrounding it in yeah, the all circus the people's and, opinions and... yeah and uh early in the movie it shows that captain spaulding was executed via lethal injection and this decision this whole uh, plot point was decided due to the fact that Sid Haig was very sick. And he looks... He does not look in great. Very sick. And when uh, Rob Zombie, you know, he wanted to make the third movie, he knew Sid wasn't doing great, so he reached out to him and they had a discussion about it. Sid saying he he knew he couldn't do a whole movie. He was no, like, I can't he do wouldn't a whole have movie, been able to have But he wanted, uh, he wanted to bring the character back for the movie. So this is what they did to be able to bring the bring him in, and so they did. There's some cool scenes. It's like uh, 
Captain Spaulding's final interview before his yeah. execution. It's, it's kind cool. of it's it's weird because one, because he was so sick, like in real life, he couldn't bring that same like spunk. No. That Captain Spaulding had, but it kind of like because how they talk about like when he was executed, he just didn't. There was like no trouble. He didn't fight. He just went. Yeah. It like worked with a character that's just like just been it was just broken down and was just yeah. done like which would would work if you were like you know especially like with his character i feel like being in prison wouldn't suit him yeah and he would just kind of like give up and honestly in a weird way and they mention it in the other movies spalding wasn't into like the torture and murder kind of shit yeah he was more and i think maybe the only they might only show him kill the one person. That's the person who tries to rob the gas station in the beginning of House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. So. So yeah, he kind of just kills people that like fuck with him. Yeah, and like he, you know, they talk about how they like kind of peg him like he's like the leader. Like they yeah. put way more on him than was yeah. like what was mm. actually happening. Yeah. So I'm sure that would like break you. Yeah, he just kind of gives you down. up. Yeah, and I mean the character. For all we know, had the same cancer or whatever, you know? Yeah. Who yeah. Knows? I mean, they just got yeah. shot up. Yeah, they got fucking destroyed with those bullets. Uh, so, where were we? Huh? So, they're very sick, and uh, yeah. This story picks up in 1988. That's really after they kind of go through the trial and uh, the execution of Captain Spaulding. Yeah. That all kind of happens quickly. Yeah. And then the story picks up in 1988, where Winslow helps Otis escape from prison, and they head to the warden's house to uh, make him free baby. Yeah, they, <clears throat> they have a time. They do have a time, and it's really cool. I thought that, like, Otis gets out of prison, and he's not just like, I'm going on the run. He's like, it's with no hesitation. He's just like, yeah, right now we got yeah, a baby out of prison. Like, as much as she drives him crazy. <clears throat> yep. And, you know. Spalding's dead, and I don't know if he would have gone through much trouble to try to break Spalding out of yeah, prison. Yeah, we talked about that. Earlier. Like, probably not. Spalding and Otis don't get along so well. Though he might have just for like loyalty, for family you know, sake. Like... Yeah. Oh yeah. So they head to the warden's house, and it's a time a clown shows up. The clown has a bad that time. Scene is so. Yeah. Like this, a clown shows up, and they kind of they tell the clown if he makes them laugh, then. He can live. So there's this clown just putting on this pathetic clown show. Everyone's like crying. Yeah, all and the sad and the everything. warden has his wife there and then another couple over for dinner. <laughs> so like that four people held happening. hostage. Yeah. Watching a clown show at gunpoint. It's so awkward. It's very awkward. It's very twisted. Like yes. A twisted idea. It really is. Otis comes up with the idea that the warden is going to go to the jail and just basically walk out of there with baby. I think he's just like, I don't care. The logistics, just do yeah, it. Yeah, just go fucking do it, man. <laughs> and he does. He figures it out. He gets it After done. After doing a lot of cocaine. He does a massive oh, line of cocaine. Goodness. Holy shit, buddy. I don't know how you don't die. And he's just like sweating and panting. He's like, oh, God, I'll break this. I'm warning. Oh. D. Wallace dies. <laughs> it's madness. It's fucking I madness. I going to give away too many spoilers. Oh, sorry. D. Wallace doesn't die. All right, so <laughs> the uh, well, I'm telling them all the basic. I'm telling you the plot. Sorry, I try not to tell specific deaths. 
but I think you'll I think you kind of know. They end up going back to the warden's house uh, where things don't go well there. Baby ends up gutting some lady in the street in yeah, front. Yeah, so she's like next level crazy now. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Baby is completely insane in this movie. Prison did not treat her brain well. No, the solitary <laughs> confinement yeah. and uh, yeah, she was like locked away <clears throat> alone for ten years, which she yeah. is attention she likes the attention. she likes the attention so she's out of prison and is just murdering immediately she actually murders before she gets out of prison yeah. <laughs> she's she's fucking snapped uh so they decide they need to hit the road and so they head down to mexico to the some shitty little town in mexico in a honky tonk down in mexico in mexico <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, while they are there, you know, they party it up, they have a good time, but they are sold out to a crime boss who happens to be the son of Rondo, who is Danny Trejo's character, who Otis kills during the prison break. And uh, this crime boss shows up to town with his goons, and shit gets wild. They're it's all really wearing wild. The, the Lucho Libre or whatever mask. Yeah, they got the little wrestling masks on. It's real cute. Real cute. But, you know, our heroes, you know, they make it out and... Right into the sunset. As always. As uh, as they do. And this time they don't get shot to shit. So they're in Mexico, so it's fine. They're in Mexico. <laughs> so is there going to be a fourth one? This it's, is this is the questions I have for like Bob. Left open either way, I think. Like you could you could or you couldn't. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I mean it was over ten years between Devil's Rejects and this one. So who knows? I mean, it could be a Ted years apart for it. And that's how fucking these horror series go these days. Yeah, it gets all. They don't stop. The ones you think stop, they've stopped like three times. And then there could be like, <laughs> like, the family, but when they're kids or teens. You know, House like, of 2,000 corpses. It could be all like, you can, that the horror, there's no rules as far as like, horror. The Firefly Kids? I'd watch that <laughs> series. Imagine them as teenagers. Oh, no. He's wild. Now, there's something I've read, and I've always been a little confused on. There's things that say that Otis is not a real member of the family, and that he just kind of was, like, adopted into this fucked up family. I mean, I always tried to wonder that, because he is so, like, his age yeah. doesn't feel right. And so, and to break down the family further, so that, that's what people say, but in, it seems like they're related in, like, this storyline, though, in the Devil's Rejects and uh, Three from Hell storyline, it seems yeah, like they it's... are, but I don't know. But uh, R, RJ is the son of someone else, and so is Tiny. Yeah. Tiny and RJ are all half-sibling. Mom mom, because of... the mom was a hua. I bet, too, you could, if you really, you know, you wanted to really break, get down with it. Theoretically, the mother could have had Otis at, like, 14, 15 years old, oh, you know? yeah, those Texas hoos. So it could have been that scenario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, who knows? Who knows? Yes. So, this movie feels unnecessary, forced, and repetitive. Well, it's... But it's really fucking yeah. good, which it's weird. It's a weird thing. It uh, feels forced due to the fact, like, it brought characters back from the dead to make this movie. Well, and it is a very like, okay. simil similar 
Similar? Similar. Sim Very similar. It's late. I can't speak. Yes. It's a. It's the same formula as Devil's Redress. It really is. A lot of parallels between, like, so, for instance, the hotel scene is sort of mimicked by the scene in the warden's house with them there. Yeah. Instead of running away to Charlie's Hua house, they go to the Texas Hua house. They get sold out. They, they get sold out. They fight bad men. They, they... live. Yeah. <laughs> So it was just weird. Um, it was almost like a different version of Devil's Rejects or something. Yeah, again, cousins. All like yeah, it's... all the movies feel like cousins. Yeah, they all they <laughs> they're like the same family fit but, like, in a yeah, weird way. They do, but it's that's the thing is it's as its own. I'm gonna sneeze maybe. Uh oh, sneeze time. Sneeze, sneeze, no, sneeze. I, I think because I sneeze on me. I think because I acknowledged it, it now wants to not happen. Oh man, you're gonna it's like feel... no. I don't even want to wait. Coming back. Oh, man, that shit fucks me up for days. Got Woo! It. God bless you, child. <laughs> okay. Devil's anyway. Rejects, bless you. Anyway. Anyhow. As a standalone movie, it's really, really good. Yeah. But it's unnecessary into the storyline. Yeah. So it's like you it's, could... I still see the series as like a two-part series. Yeah, because that then, like, And then there's this right. movie. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this movie's fucking cool, but it doesn't... And so, yeah, so it's weird because it's know. a good movie and it's like, you, it's, you really enjoy it, but you like, it's kind of like, it's like when you're given a really good piece of cake, but you didn't really want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the cake. Like, nobody... I didn't ask for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I I really like cakes, so I guess I'm happy. Yeah. But I didn't really need it. <laughs> didn't need it. So that is uh, Three from Hell without too many spoilers. We tried not to go into it as much as we did with the other two. But that's our take on the Firefly series. It's official. It's in the books. That's the episode. I would also like to hear Boom. other people's opinions. Do they, do you agree that you, if you've seen Three from Hell, that it doesn't I on? have heard a few people agree with me. Back when I did my review of it, when it oh, came yeah, out, I kind of right. said some of those same opinions, and uh, there were some comments, and I'd be like, yeah, man, that's how it goes. Yeah, because it just, that's, that's how it right. I mean, that, it feels very strongly that yeah. way. Yes. But, let us know what you think of the episode, what you think about the movies. Let us know. We're going to wrap it up today, folks. We got some plugs, as usual. Listen to the Sean Winters podcast, also the Kate vs. Kate podcast. Those are both available all the places that this one is. Check out Punky's Mixtape and also the Punky's Mixtape Action News Squad. Uh, those stream twice a week. He's streaming with that stuff, and I do uh, some fun movie reviews and whatnot over there. In fact, uh, just aired tonight, so it's, it'll be available on YouTube and whatnot by the time this episode comes out. I did. I broke down and ranked all of the Rob Zombie movies, all eight of them. So check out that video. I'm trying to make my movie reviews kind of go with what we're doing here on the podcast. Yeah, for you're when a we're not always going to do movie episodes. Uh, we we're we're doing what like what did I say? Stupid fucking movie March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> we so, needed a little break from. Yeah, we were doing true crime stuff. and grittier things. Kind that... of, we have to we switch back and forth because yeah, life around. is about balance. Oh, real, yeah. not real. Real, not real. So we have two more movie episodes after this. I think are there two more weeks in this month? Whatever. Yeah, There's I at least know. two. Time doesn't uh, exist anymore. So I decided. I know it seems a little bit like a fucking participant trophy, but since 
the vote was so close between the two uh, options for this episode, between this or Blair Witch, that I think we're just going to do Blair Witch next week. Yeah, let's do it. Because it was really only off Not by, like, all. three votes, and there was a bunch of votes. So, yeah, it was, like, you know, really close. Yeah, if... Uh, if, you know, this one had stomped out Blair Witch, we probably would have just passed on Blair Witch and done something else. But it was close, so obviously some people want to hear a Blair Witch episode. So I think we do it. Yeah, I let's think it'll do be it. fun. Check out other, uh, check out the past episodes. We've done a lot of cool, cool shit recently. Uh, just the past two were fun. We did, Clarissa and I broke down a list of every Stephen King movie, which was a shitload. <laughs> yeah, so uh, many. And we also, uh, on last week's episode, my brother and I broke down all the different versions of Carrie. We're just jumping all over the place between all these different versions of Carrie, and that's why I aptly titled it Into the Carrie-verse, <laughs> that's how it feels. <laughs> we, we throw you into the Carrie-verse, and go check those out. A lot of other fun episodes that we have done, too. Check out on Spotify a playlist called The Devolution Podcast Tunes that features, like, over 60 songs of different, uh, all different styles and whatnots that we've played on the show here. Follow me on all social media, or not all social media, Instagram and Facebook. I'm not on Twitter, dude. I don't do that. I'm just not doing it. I'm sorry. So I'm why? sorry. There's too much. There's too much. There is too much, and uh, that's just unneeded. No one needs to hear just someone's thoughts. Yeah, yeah, but you just listen to us talk about our thoughts on movies for like an hour and a half, so here we are. Well, that's there's too much. you got to pick it. Here we are. I'd rather listen to someone <laughs> talk me. than read what they have to say. Yes. Well. Maybe. Who Twitter. knows? On Twitter, whatever. <laughs> So yes, follow, I'm tired. follow I don't me. Know what I'm saying. <laughs> follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Follow the podcast wherever you're listening right now. Go click on the little follow button, and uh, also you can turn on notifications. So uh, you'll get a little thing pops up one day. It'll be like Devolution Podcast has a new episode, and you're like, ah, fuck, <laughs> shit. I better get real drunk and go driving down the street listening to this. <laughs> Bad advice. It's the best advice I've ever given. Not solid. Don't get drunk and drive. I'm joking. I'm j Listen, I don't usually tell many jokes on this show, but that was one there, okay? <laughs> there are people's babies out there. You keep them safe. Yeah, you can crash. Just don't hit any babies. But I don't want to lose Everybody, it. somebody's baby. I don't want to lose any listeners, so don't crash. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, don't die. Ever. Please. Forever, ever. I wonder how many episodes in a row we could say forever, ever, forever, <laughs> ever. Because <laughs> I feel like it's been at least the past four. Who knows? We say it a lot. Does anyone listen? <laughs> keep keep track. Give us a count. <laughs> yeah, give us give us the forever, <laughs> ever count. All right. I think that's all the plugs. Everything is plugged up, secure, yeah. ready to roll out. Now, usually we pride ourselves on playing the hippest, freshest tunes from the streets over here at the Devolution Podcast, but sometimes we like to do a little throwback track. And that's what we got tonight to take us out. Uh, this is one of my, like, really one of my favorite metal bands. I really enjoy these guys. I saw them live a bunch back in the day. I used to check them out at Metal Fest. Anytime they were on the bill, that was one of my highlight bands that I was excited to see. I am talking about A Life Once Lost. This track is called Something Awful. That's just the name of the song. The song's really good. It's called <laughs> Something Awful. It's from their last album that they put out. came out in 2012. The album is called Ecstatic Trance. Go follow, uh, go listen to that album. It's a really cool album. It sounds kind of different from a lot of their earlier stuff. It's kind of like you're listening to like a metal blues album with like a little sprinkle of sugar in there. It's pretty fucking cool. So go check out 
all of their music. They have a bunch of good stuff, and it's all available on all streaming platforms. They have music videos, a lot of good live stuff on all on YouTube. In fact, there's a live video I put up on YouTube of them that's pretty good. A few songs from when uh, my band opened up for them on, I think, what was their last tour. So, we're out of here. Here's a life once lost with something awful. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Oh, and before we go, I would like to shout out our listener of the week. This week, it's a lovely gentleman named Rick. Hi, Rick. Hi, Rick. Bye, Rick. We're out of here, everyone. <laughs>